This podcast is sponsored by the Club Women's Network. It can be lonely working for yourself, so this online support and learning network is here to help women learn what they need to know to stay in business. They meet online twice a month and in-person meetups too. They teach you everything from reels to financial forecasting. For more information, check out theclubwomensnetwork.com. Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast, or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I'm Steph McSherry. I'm a preschool activity and behaviour specialist, and I created Kinderama to support that age group's development. I'm also a mum of two. I'm Bethan O'Riordan. I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a mum of three, and I created the online support for parents, the Calm Parenting Community. Each week, Steph and I solve one of your parenting questions and help come up with practical solutions to help you have a calmer family life. If you want us to answer one of your questions, I was going to say if you want us to email you one of your questions. Yeah. But if you, we, we've got questions too, we'll email yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Form an orderly queue. Um, email us themummind at gmail.com. And if you go into the, wherever you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching on YouTube, click subscribe. Or if you're on the podcast uh, kind of app, if you click the little pass or the tick at the top, that means that you're liking us and you're liking what we do. And it means we get to do more of it. Super stuff. Good. Yes. How are you doing, Steph? I'm just going to get our question ready. Not too bad. It's this, the start of term time. So there's lots of little people settling into preschools, which I think was kind of our topic today as well. Yeah, I can't find the question. We had so many questions. I put up, um, I also had a crisis in my home this morning. Oh no, tell me. I ran out of tea bags. (laughs) I mean, it was a very middle-aged crisis. On on my Instagram, I think it was about two weeks ago now, I was recounting a story of we had a bat in one of the bedrooms, Mm, which caused my daughter to have conniptions like she was just hysterical and I went to an event in Cork and all anyone could ask me was what happened to the bat <laughs> I, mean, I did feel that you left us hanging Steph I feel I now you know. need to produce like a how oh. to grab a bat in five was, was it kind of ugly the bat as well or was it lovely well to be honest the first time the first picture I the first glimpse I had of it and realized it was a bat I turned off the light straight away because Why I knew did you do that because I yeah it's not a moth I don't know it just seemed to be gravitating towards the lampshade and kind of circling (laughs) around it and I figured if I opened the window wide that it would be drawn to the outside oh Steph Attenborough will be calling you yeah I don't know if any of this is right somebody told me that they once (laughs) caught a bat in an umbrella and I was like (laughs) I don't even know how you'd go about doing that without stabbing it yeah I mean maybe they did right maybe they left out the detail um anyway we digress we will answer this parents question so I put up um I put up a questions box in on my Instagram account saying who here has toddlers because Steph has been working with toddlers for 20 years yeah no so you yeah so you know, I think we speak about this a bit, but it's really important to say there's two kinds of learning in life. You can learn from a book and you can learn through experience. Mm. So Steph has this wealth of experience that you will never, ever learn in a book. You know, you will only learn by doing it. So we are going to tap into some of her wisdom today. So here's the question. 
my little boy is so bad going into preschool because he says his teachers are so nasty. <laughs> very confident child outside of school, but very nervous child that won't settle in school. Took him to Reiki today to try and calm, to try and calm his poor little nerves. Any advice would be great. Oh, yeah. And the person says, you know, could you change my name just in case? And we do answer things anonymously because we get how private and personal mm. the parenting world is. You know, it's your family. It's your life. Of course, we'll keep it confidential. And they said he he's two and a half, right? Mm, I think he's three and a half. Oh, they don't okay. say. I thought, oh, sorry. I thought they said at the beginning. OK, so. Yeah. Do you know, the first thing that sprang to mind when I heard this was one of our key phrases is the whole we have to play detective because mm. there, there there could be a whole myriad of things going on right so if this little one she said starting preschool so i don't think he's ever probably ever been in a school setting before maybe just the odd parent and toddler group but it's tough when you start a preschool there's either going to be 11 kids in a room or there's going to be 22 kids in a room so e either or is quite overwhelming if that's your first experience and what a, a, a preschooler, what that age group perceives as mean <laughs> could just be crowd control. <laughs> because, you know, when you first go into a preschool room, it can be chaotic. And obviously those children haven't learned that the teacher's trying to get your attention. Obviously they're trying to settle everyone down and keep them quiet and sat in one place for a story. They're, this is the first time they're going to be asked to maybe all sit down together. Maybe they're going to share their news and they might have to take turns. All of this might be really new for that little one. Mm. And sometimes I think, and my son included, who's now nine, you know, his first experience of preschool, he thought the teacher was awful. Now I knew her, so I knew she wasn't awful, <laughs> but it's that whole, right, come on kids let's all yeah. sit down you know and that's kind of perceived as awful or mean did he say mean oh, bless mean him. yeah, yeah. Mean, it's, great, it's a great word mean isn't it yeah. do, you know, do you know as you were talking then the first thing I thought is I'd hate to go into a room of 22 adults who I don't know exactly do you know? <laughs> yeah and like I'm really aware <laughs> I know this time of year and you can see so we we specializing going to into creches and into preschools so this time of year you know every class is full of new little ones and they're so little you forget how little they are when they start and i i'm lucky at the moment because i'm training somebody in so there's two of us going into a room where there's already two members of staff so i get the really nice job of going around and kind of seeing if the ones that are kind of stuck to the wall or oh, cowered in a corner are fine. Like even this morning, I had a little one. He didn't want to join in anything. He wasn't upset, but he was just observing. He was just yeah. observing. And when the others all got up to dance towards the end of the class, I said, would you like to dance? And he, no. But I went and sat next to him. I said, can I sit next to you? And he said, yes. And I put my legs out and I said, I'm going to pretend to drive a car. And I was doing my little steering wheel and my feet. And he kind of looked at me and he went, I don't know how to drive a car. My mummy and daddy drive the car. And I went, you don't know how to drive a car. You know, just completely distracting him yeah. from whatever was going on in his little head. The, the overwhelm of what was going on. And oh, I think I want you to be my mum. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't emphasize enough how much I think 
distraction is a great way of dealing with a preschooler. I think as parents, we get stuck in that loop of not telling off, but, you know, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. And actually, you know, a little tickle and a, hey, you little monkey, what you doing? You know, a playful kind of whatever can just distract and really relax the situation. Yeah, I mean, I think it changes the tone of everything, doesn't it? Exactly. I, I mean, like the thing, the thing for us as parents is, is that we worry. Yeah. You know, like we're like, oh, my God, like my kid's yes. not doing this, that and the other. And we're meant to, right? You're the mom yeah. and the dad or the carer or the mom and the mom or the dad and the dad, whatever. You're the parent. Your job is to think about things. But the minute we start thinking about things, we've probably actually missed the point of what's going on. Mm. And you're right, Steph. I mean, play is play should be the number one thing that's prescribed for all toddler problems. And um, that's why your Kinderama app is so good. Because I know for me, when I became a parent, I was re- I had three kids under three and a half, which was definitely too many. <laughs> <laughs> three too many. <laughs> three, yeah, three too many. I won't tell you who gets the chop. So let's go for three too many. But I mean, so a lot of my life was I had to be really organized and mm. I did a lot of food prep when they were in bed so I could spend time with them. And then when I spent time with them, I was like, well, what will I do with them? Yeah. And that's why I think your app is so good because you can just pop it on and and it teaches you how to not teaches you in a patronizing way but there's activities to play to do with your child so you're doing less thinking yeah and more playing I've often thought about because often we go into creches and preschools and the teachers will join in and I think sometimes we need an excuse to play yes as an adult do you know what I mean it's like if you think about maybe your kids are at this age if you if your kids ever been doing a jigsaw puzzle I'm not talking about the ones that are like four pieces but you know once they get on to kind of 20 to 30 pieces and they leave three or four pieces and you can't help yourself but do it (laughs) and when they move on to maybe ones that are 100 pieces it, it can take over sometimes you're like oh I'll just finish this off and then I'll take it apart you know but it's we want to play like yeah. you know we find all these different things I actually heard this week about a group in America mum started um she joined in one of her kids um like a skipping circle I can't remember what they call it like line jumping or something you know in America oh, yeah. where there's skipping ropes and she's now started this Facebook group where they all have play dates Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Inside, outside, donkey's tails. Did you ever do that one in school? Well, we did inside, outside, uh, inside on Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We were obviously very religious in our our school. (laughs) Not. Okay, Uh, then. Yeah, the elastics. Elastics. Yeah, with the elastics. I mean, do kids, are kids allowed to play with elastics in the yard? No, of course they're not. It's a tripping hazard. Like, you know. That was great fun, wasn't it? Anyway. um, Yeah, but, but, and, and, and you see, the thing is, you know, I feel that the parent who asked this question has gone into the logic of it. Mm. You know, logically, I'm going to take my, take my child somewhere to fix them, which is lovely. I'm going to take them to Reiki and I'm mm. going to help calm their nervous system. But the parent, you are the number one nervous system port of call for your child. Yeah. 
which is why like today I was having a virtual cuppa as part of my camp parenting course and um because we do the kind of learning and then we have a second session in the week just to chat about it nice and um yeah but I mean I mean we don't necessarily need more information what Mm. we need is help figuring out well what is activated in my child and why is it that I'm the best placed person to help them but I don't have the skills right now too, mm. you know? So, and, and, and you see what we read in books is step one, but it's how you become that regulatory person that they need is step two. And play is an essential part of that. Yeah. And I think, first of all, I think a lot of adults find it hard to play. I find, I think they find it overwhelming maybe uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Uncomfortable. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Don't quite and know that- how to go there. Yeah. And it takes time as well. It does take time. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier just to be like, put on your shoes and get out the door. But if you have to be like, sing a song around or or do like a dance or be like, you know, it takes time. Yeah. And tap into that a little bit, because I do think sometimes if you're finding it uncomfortable to play or you're not sure how to handle that, um, a lot of the times the temptation can be to stuff them with activities after school or after preschool because then you know well it's fine because they've got dance class this day and they've got camogie that day and they've got you know and you know do we need an activity every single night I'm sure you know a lot of kids would like a chance to hang out at home and to play a puzzle or play cards or do some drawing and actually drawing was something that I was going to come to um with this little preschooler so I think it would be a lovely idea for mum to sit down at the end of the day and do some drawing. So little little one, if they're two and a half, three and a half, obviously it's going to be a scribbling mainly or colouring in or whatever. But mum could be drawing, um, you know, I'm going to draw you at school. So you're here and where's your little friend, Sam? Or oh, he's here, okay. And where's the teacher? And having that kind of conversation brings out a little bit more. And I would also say in this circumstance use your gut instinct too because I don't know how well you know this preschool leader I don't know how well you know the preschool and I would just double check you know check your gut feeling too and just make sure everything is okay maybe that means an on-the-spot visit you know an unannounced visit to the preschool just to kind of say oh he forgot his drink today i'm just popping this in just so you can have a an unexpected visit feel for the place so a lot of preschools still keep up that thing from covid where parents aren't allowed inside the door so if you're dropping a little one off who isn't particularly happy to be there i can imagine that's quite difficult and 99% of the preschools I go to would have no issue with you walking in the door, would have no issue of sending you a little photo or a little video of that one happy playing away later in the day. The anxiety might be just at the point he's seeing you. And that can be, I know when we ran summer camps, little mini camps in the summer, maybe they're emotional going into the camp. They play away happily all morning. And then as soon as they see their mum again, they're in tears. And of course, mum thinks, oh, they've been in tears all morning, but they haven't at all. It's just that, uh, you know, uh, what would you call it? Connection and reconnection. You know, that's the point where they're just feeling it, become overwhelmed by it. Yeah, I think you make a great point about advocating for your child. I mean, I think a lot of the time 
we put our kids into preschools, schools, secondary schools, and and there's there's an awful lot of trust. Yeah. And you are allowed for that organization not to be the right fit for your child. Yeah. You know, and, and you are allowed to go and say, I'm just going to have a look and to advocate. Yeah. Because it might be something I hear a lot of is um, kids getting to school, preschool and school age, especially boys. And then the teachers flagging, oh, I think there's potential mm. difficulties around autism, around ADHD. And maybe there is, but a lot of the time it's that the curriculum, whether it's a preschool curriculum, like the, maybe it's not called curriculum, but the plan, mm. maybe it doesn't suit the genetic makeup of boys because yeah. boys need to move more. Yeah. Boys, you know, they can't, girls are naturally more drawn towards pleasing people. So from the age of two and a half, three are more likely to sit down and do a puzzle. Boys have this thing called the will to power where they want to be in control. So if you ask a boy to sit down and they say, I'm not going to sit down, I'm stand up. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. Yeah. It means they have a natural drive to want to be in control. And how you manage that is incredibly difficult in a room of 11 or 21 plus children and if it goes to behavior management, well, he's going to think you're mean. Well, exactly. And there are plenty of preschools out there in this day and age that do that. Their concentration is on outside play. Their concentration is yeah. on physical play. So if that is the case, if you think that's the case for your little boy, that maybe he's running around the rest of the time and then he's trying to kind of hold it together and sit down. And and it's still early days too. Like we're a couple of weeks into the new term. So yeah. I would definitely play detective a little bit with this and kind of see what you think is going on kind of during the morning, especially if you don't know the preschool very well. And I was going to say my son who did turn out to be on the spectrum when he was at preschool and we didn't really cotton on what was going on at that point he took his preschool teacher very literally so for example he went through a period of wetting himself again and I couldn't work out what this was about and then it transpired so the teacher you know when you well I know because I have big groups of kids but like sometimes when one asks to go to the toilet then 21 children also want to go to the toilet and sometimes you say okay look we're going to do two at a time the rest of you will have to wait because you know generally with a toddler you know if their legs are crossed and they're kind of holding themselves and they're desperate obviously you're going to let them go but the rest of the time they've just heard somebody say it so they want to do it too so yeah. this preschool teacher was saying, okay, that's it. Nobody else is going to the toilet. And my son took that literally. And he thought for the rest of the morning, he wasn't allowed to go to the toilet. Oh. So he would wet himself. And it took so long for us to work that out. We couldn't yeah. work out what it was. And your initial reaction is, oh, God, he's wetting himself again. He must be having a terrible time at preschool. But I was yeah. lucky because I knew the teacher and I knew her and I knew what she stood for. And I knew she was definitely about the well-being of the child. So I feel for this mum because she might not have that insight. But don't be afraid to get that insight. You know, like I said, turn up in an unannounced or say, look, you know, he seems to be finding it very hard to settle. Could you do a little video of him or a little photo of him? through the day so that I know he's settling okay and look 99% of the time they're not going to have an issue with that I wouldn't have an issue with that why would you yeah and I think it is just you know it's about the advocacy for your child 
Yeah. You know, and, and you're allowed to advocate. You're allowed to ask questions. It's not criticizing. It's just asking questions. And as you say, like, you know, if you have a boy or a girl who loves play and to be outside and running around, and this is more of like a a sitting down based mm. preschool, well, then maybe it's not the right fit. Yeah. And it's not that they're bad or your kid is, you know, something wrong with your kid. It's we, we you know, I, I think it's something we don't think about enough is, well, what is the right fit for my child? Yeah, and you don't know, what forget kind of environment. Do you remember when we were talking to was it Gronya from Learn Le Gras? Yeah. And we were talking about um the Nordic schools. Like Nordic schools, you don't pick up a pen and pencil till you're seven. Yeah. Everything is done through play. And I'll tell you what, if you had the right stuff in a room, you know, the little pretend shop or the little oh I don't know like there, there was an amazing wooden clock in one of the preschools I went to this morning kids are just innately fascinated and want to find out and want to do it and are curious they want to do it the shapes and the this that and the other you know if they're left to explore themselves sometimes that's just the best way yeah and, and and I think as well we can't I'm reading a book at the minute or I'm reading a piece of research actually about how, where children get their inner messaging from mm. and you know so boys eyes I won't go into it too much but boys eyes are genetically more predispositioned from a young age to see black and gray and dark blue it's all to do with the thickness of different parts of your eyes the cones all all this other stuff yeah so it means that when they go to a preschool and they have to draw a picture and they use three colors and the teacher comes along and says well you haven't used any orange or yellow it needs to be more colorful Mm. well they then get an inner messaging that oh my gosh well my coloring isn't good enough so then they learn to please adults okay so last time it wasn't good enough because I didn't use enough color now I'm going to use loads of color but it's going against the nature of who they are and it's pulling them further and further away from being okay with themselves they're learning to adapt their behavior so I mean preschool is so important there's so many boys that struggle with the school system so many boys I meet Mm -hmm. and it starts at this young age and we have to think about how do we and, and, and it's not the preschool teacher's fault. She doesn't know. Nobody has ever told that person about the gender differences in the DNA of the makeup of the eye. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read the question just to double check. We've covered it. Um, I mean, I'm also imagining in my mind, <laughs> imagining me when I had two toddlers and a baby and Steph walking into a room of 21 toddlers managing them. <laughs> And how much, I mean, just how, I mean, how many different skills you have. Well, and that's why I say, you know, I can't go in and roar at 22 kids to sit down and shut up. I I can't, you know, I wouldn't want to, but you know what I'm saying? You have to learn those skills of, you know, getting everyone's attention, wanting them to do, shall we all try this? Why don't we give this a go? That kind of thing. And can you do that? all those little kind of playful ways of encouraging and like choice is hugely important for a toddler but you know if you desperately want them to wear a coat but they're not putting on their coat in the morning to be able to say do you want to wear this jacket or do you want to wear this coat 
then they'll forget they want to wear a coat and they'll just choose what they want to wear. You know, do you want to wear these wellies or these runners? Giving them a choice that both are suitable, you don't care which one, but giving them a choice is really important. Getting them to join in and help, they love a job. Kids love a job. They love helping. They love tidying up. They love doing all these bits and bobs. Not in a right now you've got to tidy up way. You know, let's us as a collective tidy up all these toys and then we'll read a story. All of those things you can use at home. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think... all of those things don't work on a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's, just... for a, that's for another podcast. But, you know, yeah. I'm imagining parents saying, I can't get my toddler to do this, to do that. But it's the tone. It's the tone that we use as parents activates a certain part of a child's brain. And this is where playfulness is everything. Um, I'm just gonna just gonna go over yep. the question one other. So the person here says the child is very confident outside of school, but a very nervous child that won't settle in school. So I mean, so it's almost like we're looking at two different kind of children here, mm. but that's okay. We are all many different things. Yeah, I am it, confident here. I would not be confident walking into a room with twenty-one adults. Yeah, and that's why I, I keep saying we're very early on in the term. We're like two weeks in. Um, so I think, you know, a little bit of, of not being sure. But what you want to know is, are they settled once they're in there? I think that's the key. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. Finish the question. No, no, that's great. And, and uh, but I was thinking about... Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking about the very confident child that's outside of school. So I would be thinking of, well, what makes him confident? How do you know? And how can you, children really need parents to maintain their belief in the child. You know, I meet so many moms and dads that are like, oh, my child's shy or they're angry or they're this or they're that. But we have to remember everything about them and not just focus on the kind yeah, and, of tricky bit because they're allowed to be yeah and I always yeah. I'm always concerned if a parent says to me in front of a child or he's very anxious I'm anxious and he's very anxious you do you know what I mean it's like yeah okay even if you want to have that conversation don't necessarily have that in front of the child especially that age because he's al almost taking on oh I'm anxious yeah, yeah <laughs> do you yeah. know that's what my mum has told me I am. I'm anxious. My mum's anxious, therefore I'm anxious. And if you are an anxious person or a nervous person, it must be incredibly difficult because you might be going into scenarios that perhaps you remember you found difficult. Maybe yeah. you were nervous of a preschool or nervous of going to school or didn't have a great time at school. And you need to almost park that. And yeah, 100%. Try, yeah, and try and not pretend but you know you don't want to pass that on just for the sake of it yeah I mean so so much of my work is unpicking with a teenager or a child or with the parents of well whose is what stuff mm. and what is being activated in you so what happens in in parenting is this and this is totally mad whoever decided this is parenting I totally want my money back so children mirror back to the parent whatever is undone in the relationship between the mom and the dad with their mom and dad. So your child will be bringing up themes in you that's like, well, why do I suddenly feel like I'm seven? Yeah. Or why does my angry son remind me of my dad when he was angry with me? Yeah, and, and that might not be happening consciously, right? You, you might not be thinking, oh, he reminds me of Ed's dad. You might just be angry. 
and thinking, yeah. why am I so angry? Yeah, exactly. And not saying, well, the child is making me angry, which yeah. is something I hear all the time. And, um, you know, my child is making me angry. My child is making me this. Um, but maybe and this I've, is for I've another heard, podcast. I've heard parents say that. Why do oh, you do that? Why do you make me do that? Mm. Why do you make me say that? Why do we have to get to this point? Yeah. And all that does is create shame in a child. And shame is the number one indicator for poor mental health that I've mm. seen over the last 18 years. Mm. It's, um, yeah. So if you do say all those good things, welcome to parenting. Yeah. But know, but know as well that that's your responsibility to do something about. Children should never have to go somewhere to be fixed. Yes, different therapies can be helpful, right? But you as the, but no one is going to raise your child apart from you. Well, and nothing's yeah. going to change either. So I mentioned uh, my son is on the spectrum, but he's always going to be on the spectrum. Yeah. Like I'm not going to take him to OT one day and they come back and say, oh, he's fixed now. Yeah. So, so no matter what, your attitude has to change because this is around, you know, this is going to be, I often think, well, I wonder what college years are going to be like, because I'm, you know, I'm sure when most kids are going off to college or whatever, if that's their choice, you know, there's an element of letting go. I don't know that I'm going to experience that in the same way as other parents with this child, yeah. you know, so it's accepting that and adapting to that and being yeah. kind about that and not kind of being God, why did this happen to us? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but you know, as you're talking, then I guess it's all really relevant to have the thoughts of, I wonder why this happened to us. And I wonder, you know, but not to make that your child's problem. Yeah. And another thing is that so there would be something called constellation work in the therapy world where all of this comes into play, but I will save that for. Well, it makes it sound like we're going to go looking at stars. Well, maybe you will be. Well, so so constellation work is looking at why different stuff comes into families because it makes families have to be different. Oh. You know, when your son came into your world, same yes. as my son, my youngest son was born grand, as they say. I actually had an excellent birth. I always think about this birth. It was like, it was amazing. It was not like, not like the other two. Anyway, he came in and when he was two weeks old, he started to cry. And he cried and he cried and he cried. I mean, like 18, 20 hours a day crying for months. Nobody could help us. And um, it turned out he was having seizures, these like non-epileptic seizures, but he was having like 50 or 60 a day. Oh and so he made us change as a family. Mm -hmm. Even now he's very sensitive to noise. So we can't shout because it's too much for him. So imagine living in a house where you cannot shout because your child could have a relapse in uh, in in their well, whatever is going on for him. Who flipping mm. knows? So your son came into your household. I mean, God, this is like live therapy, isn't it? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I, I don't know it. how un I don't know how uncomfortable this is making. No, you not at all. Like it, it, and it's all our it. household patience. Right. Because it patience, absolutely patience, because God love him, it will take right. him an eternity to do things. You'll have to ask yeah. him 59 times. You probably have to go and help him in the end. Yeah. You have to hear a lot of information on a daily basis. I actually met a mum recently who has a son the same age with exactly the same type of, of 
uh, autism and we were comparing notes and it's yeah. quite funny they do this thing called info dumping where yes. they just talk at you for like 20 minutes about their specialist subjects and I remember when he was younger I thought I had to know all the stuff that he was talking about and be yeah. you know have read up on it whereas now I know he just needs to offload it so all yeah. I need to do is hear it I don't have your listening to... ears on yeah I don't have to you know answer questions in a test later that's not gonna yeah. happen but yeah. to have your listening ears on for 20 minutes takes, you know, six oh. hours of mental and physical preparation for yourself, right? Yeah, and a lot of this internal talking of keep keep your face looking interested. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Steph, you have a very interested face. <laughs> but but it a... does go back to this kind of fake it till you make it for this mum too, you know. Well, so in the therapy world, we would say act it until you become it. Ah, okay. because we do have there's a lot of different parts of us you know and, and and always so this is a huge part of the parenting course that I'm doing at the minute and the CAM parenting community mm. how do we be the parents that our children needs well you start to carve it out I, I'm trained in this whole um model of therapy called compassion focused therapy where you can actually go and do a module in with an actor who helps mm. you act or how how would you be if you were being really kind to somebody else how would you look how would you hold your body how would you it's fascinating stuff mm. so I mean we're just kind of programming ourselves. yeah you know and this stuff is muscle memory so it's totally possible to be the parent your child needs but you have to be honest that it's you who needs to change and and you know so this so the mom here is doing lovely work taking her child to reiki to help calm his nervous system mm. but you can also be his nerve you are his nervous system yeah. right so i think something that's kind of lingering in this question for me is well if your boy is anxious going in how do you as the mom manage anxiety you know, what's your skills in managing it? What are your, um, I think the triggers, what are your triggers? What are the things that you can, what are the edges of your anxiety? And can you teach your child to manage theirs without doing a formal presentation? <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. you need to teach them by doing and feeling and understanding and all those good things. Yeah. So to, to slightly recap, I think a little bit of detective play just to make sure everything is okay in the preschool, yeah. to make sure that he is okay in the preschool, to see maybe this little bit of play afterwards, be it role play or drawing or whatever, to kind of get him to tell you a bit more about his day and how does he feel when some of this is happening, not in a... So how do you feel about this? You know, but more in yeah. a play way, <laughs> yeah. more in a play way. And to make all of these things playful, not serious. And if everything is okay, you know, if it is just settling in, give him the time. He he will yeah. settle. Um, those nerves will go. It's all very new this time of year. And like I said, we're kind of two weeks in. We, we, we've got a bit of time to settle in yeah I love your summaries I was engrossed I was like oh I can't wait to listen to that podcast <laughs> I see it in your face sometimes and I'm like is she gonna talk next <laughs> um yeah no that was sometimes a love I mean god if that's what we spoke about that sounds great um and the final thing to say is then is if you are looking for um 
if you uh, I was going to talk about kinderama then I don't know if I can I was going to say if you're looking for ideas of how to play with your child then go to Steph's website kinderama.com yeah Bethan's much better at plugging me than me but basically I mean it came about during the pandemic but we filmed the majority of the stuff that we do with preschoolers but I filmed it all as a kind of a quite friendly character you've probably seen online with the red wig and stuff and if you do find it difficult to find things especially the imagination based stuff with your kids there's loads on there so it, it's 52 euros for the year it's a euro a week and it means <laughs> oh <laughs> the kid the kids have just come home and the dogs noticed them hold on will we pa- like no you're fine will we Go pause on. the recording back in the room sorry Steph that's okay so Bethan just put the dog out <laughs> <laughs> And all There's... the kids came to tell me their news and I said, you have to go away, guys. Yeah. So just 30, 30 seconds. Second. Let Steph do her okay. plug. <laughs> yeah, so go. Talk about Kinderama. Yeah, so all of the stuff that we do in a class, it's online. So you can watch it like ad-free in a safe place on kinderama.com. It's 52 quid for the year. And we've got all those adventures and action songs and all that kind of imagination-based stuff. There's listening games. There's mindful breathing. There's all of those lovely things that maybe you find difficult or maybe your child isn't ready to do a class like that outside, you know, at a dance school or in, in their preschool, and you can do it at home with them. And I really, really made an effort to keep the price so cheap that, you you, you know, it, it's a no-brainer. 52 quid for the year, I don't think you can get anything for that. Amazing. I also want to say Steph used to be a dancer when she said dancing, <laughs> but we will talk about that next week. And of course, if you're looking for um, emotional support about your your own behavior right your child's behavior join us in the camp parenting community it's 60 euros for a month so 15 euros a week and it's in an app i'm not i won't go into it today but there's so much there go to my website and check yeah, there's it loads loads i've been part of that community ever since you started it and it's just lovely to dip in and out of do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you, something might not come up for a couple of weeks and then something happens and you've got access to you or to Louise. Is that her name? Well, she's gone on maternity Helen. leave now. Helen, yeah. Helen. So you've got access to these people that normally would cost you 60 euros for one session, but you've got access to them all the time. So mm-hmm. it's it's brilliant resource. There we go. We've raved about each other's products. Now we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, guys. The CAM Parenting Community is my online support for parents. It's waitlist free and inside is myself and a child and family therapist. So together we offer you 42 years experience helping children and family to solve your parenting problems. If you want to join us, head to my website, bethanoreardon.com and be the change your children need.